0: Hi, welcome to another episode of Living Health with me, Dr. Cheryl Pomerantz. Today, I will tell you my dental and medical story so that you can understand why I'm doing the things that I do, about all of the years of dental treatment and medical treatment that I had, how it didn't work out so well, and what I did about it. It all starts back in 1981, the first full year of me being a licensed dentist, I sought care for a pain that I had on the right side of my face. The dentist that I went to noticed that I had an open bite, meaning that when my back teeth were closed together, my front teeth did not meet. He made the professional recommendation to fix this, that this was supposedly the cause of my face pain, this pain that was thought to originate from this open bite jaw position. So I had four Permanent first bicuspid teeth removed, traditional braces for three years, and then lower jaw surgery. After all that, my teeth look straight and they even fit together in the front, but my face just looked weird. My teeth got pushed back into my face and my lower face was flattened. When I smiled, my teeth looked gray as they were always in a shadow created by my lips. In addition, There was a problem during the jaw surgery where the drill to cut through the lower jaw slipped and tore up part of my facial nerve. My lower right lip is numb to this day. About 18 months after the surgery and then the braces were removed, my jaw would only open about 23 millimeters, about one inch. It was difficult to chew and speak. The reduction in the size of my upper jaw because I had had the teeth removed restricted the motion of the lower jaw and its muscles. That is because the lower jaw fits inside of the arc of the upper jaw. So I was 31 years old and scared about what would happen next. Would my jaw lock closed? Would it get better? The professionals who did the treatment had no answers from me. And remember, this was before the internet. At this time, there were no answers from the traditional dental practitioners. It was very disconcerting to think that this is the way I would have to live the rest of my life. So I started to explore other methods of orthodontic and orthopedic facial development. It was then that I met Dr. John Witzig, a dentist from Minneapolis, at one of his lectures about facial development without braces. I even went to his office in Minneapolis, where I was fitted with an appliance that would reopen the spaces that were closed With the braces. The traditional orthodontist at the time said that there was no way that this was going to happen, but it happened. And within four months, I look like a pumpkin now, as there were spaces between my upper front teeth, but the expansion created enough room for my lower jaw to start moving around within it again. Eventually, my lower jaw started to regain a normal range of motion. But now for the Disappointing news. During the same time, the actual cause of my right side jaw pain was discovered. It was not from the open bite. It was instead from a failed root canal treatment in a molar on the upper right side that was referring pain into my head and ear area. The root canal treatment was redone and the pain resolved. It was very upsetting to find that I had undergone so much damaging treatment to fix something that did not need to be fixed in the first place. Of course, there was no recourse, as I was a dentist and at that time and was expected to have known better, even though I was not a specialist in either orthodontics, jaw joint dysfunction, or oral surgery. So once my upper jaw was wider, my lower teeth didn't match it. I was then treated by another dentist that provided me with a computer-generated bite appliance that I wore 24-7 for about a year. In order to make my lower teeth fit the top teeth at the correct face height, all of my back teeth, 12 teeth total, required complete restoration with crowns. This also necessitated more root canal treatments. So, 8 root canal treatments and 12 crowns later, I had a bite that allowed my jaw muscles to function. However, because of the final positioning, there was always stress whenever I chewed, making it difficult to chew with my molars. Because of this lack of use, lack of exercising for my jaw muscles, over the years, my face, lower face melted away. When I asked other dental specialists about this, they called it something like auto-rotation without any ability to explain what that meant. My lips developed smokers lines in my mid-30s, even though I never smoked. This was due to the loss of lip support because my front teeth were angled into my face even after all of the secondary care to regain space. Over the years, I tried more expansion devices and even clear aligners, which are not very effective for full tooth movement, just to try to move my front teeth out. I was limited to clear aligners because the roots of my front teeth were shortened and damaged during the original orthodontic treatment. And putting braces on these teeth might actually result in loss, tooth loss, not a good look for a dentist. In the meantime, We now know that the cause of the original open bite, remember that, that was thought to be the source of my jaw pain issues was actually the mouth breathing habit that I had had since childhood. There was little or no breastfeeding in my life as I was adopted at about six weeks old. And breastfeeding is what helps to develop the face and develop nasal breathing. And then I was a thumbsucker until about age seven. And then, unfortunately, I was hit in the middle of my face with a baseball bat, playing baseball, when I was seven. My nose was broken, but remember, back then, if it stopped bleeding, you were good to go. The right side of my nose ended up being blocked for breathing. My mouth became my go-to, and I can still remember my mother telling me to close my mouth. No one understood the importance of nasal breathing, My mother just told me that an open mouth looked bad. No one understood that once you start mouth breathing, it is a most difficult habit to break. Then another baseball nose mishap at age 11 resulted in a trip to a plastic surgeon. He asked me when I broke my nose the first time. He was able to snap it back into position with the understanding that I would need it straightened out as a teenager. Still, no one questioned how I was breathing. So I had my nose realigned, and the right side opened up at age 17. After that procedure, all I can remember is that my nose was packed, and I had to breathe through my mouth. I even had to learn how to cough and sneeze through my mouth. As more recent studies show, once the nasal airway is open, humans do not default to nasal breathing. We must be retaught how to maintain nasal breathing. My senior year in high school followed this procedure. And looking back, it became very difficult for me to study. I still did well, but it was a struggle. In retrospect, mouth breathing may have played a role in this change that followed me into undergrad. My grade point in undergrad was not up to my expectations, I never felt centered. Fortunately, this is when I started running. I then relied on the surge of endorphins from exercise to power me through the next years of my life. I still had nasal issues, recurring sinus infections, bouts with what was called mold allergies, and a never-ending quest to keep my nose clear. So back to the nearer past. By 2008, I had exhausted my holistic MDs techniques for my stuffy nose. I used nebulizers with various concoctions in the steam, supplements, always trying to identify allergens. My sleep was segmented at best, always waking with a stuffy nose. At that time, I truly thought that I only needed four and a half hours of sleep to survive, but still no mention about oral breathing as a possible problem. Then, in 2009, I made my first emergency room treatment for severe shortness of breath. They administered a breathing treatment with steroids, I followed up with the pulmonologist, who told me that my lung function was excellent as I had been a lifelong runner, that was no surprise. The only explanation he gave me for my shortness of breath was that I was, quote, not 25 anymore, unquote. He then patted me on the shoulder and handed me a prescription for an inhaler and sent me on my way. And so I managed with a combination of inhalers antihistamines, allergy pills, and various holistic care for the next five years. I just could not exert myself for more than 10 to 15 minutes without an asthma attack. So who develops asthma at age 56? Did you know that only 10% of those diagnosed with asthma actually have asthma? The rest, like me, have asthma symptoms caused by dysfunctional breathing habits. I continued like this until I suffered a horrible bout with bronchitis in 2014. I had just returned from a professional conference. It was timely that it just so happened that the buteco breathing specialist, Patrick McEwen, presented at this meeting. He spoke about the effect of dysfunctional breathing and how breathing retraining could eliminate symptoms of asthma. Still, I didn't think this had anything to do with me. But anyway, the second day back from the conference, I had the bronchitis and I was so ill that I could not go to work. I sought care at two different urgent care offices without any symptom relief. Remembering the content of the breathing lecture, I decided to Google Buteyko breathing because I was still at home. I watched a lecture about the technique, trying to figure out why I did not remember any of the breathing chemistry from my dental training. So, I went along with the speaker's instructions on how to clear my stuffy nose, and then to keep my lips closed. That turned out to be harder to do. But, within 15 minutes of doing these two things, my breathing started to become less labored. The need for the inhaler stretched to hours. The first night was hard to sleep through because it was hard to keep my lips closed and I had not yet been introduced to lip taping, but the next night I slept straight through nine hours. That following morning, my husband asked me, what did you take last night? You didn't move. You were so quiet. This referred to my chemical cocktail that I would take every night in an effort to manage my nasal congestion. So I answered, nothing. I just followed the directions from the breathing lecture. It was then that I realized the importance of correct nasal breathing habits. Subsequently, I trained to become a Buteco breathing instructor and then did the breathing retraining as a patient. It took me three times, eight months through the program to overcome the lifetime of poor breathing habits. But now I need neither medications to keep my nose clear nor inhalers for workouts. I sleep eight to nine hours a night without interruption. I simply did not realize how bad I slept and felt until I slept and felt better. So I was better. My breathing habits were impeccable. I was more relaxed, more easygoing, had energy to spare. But the mirror didn't lie, and my face still looked bad. I was looking old, and I didn't know what to do about it. I was talking to my breathing instructor, Roger Price, and he mentioned Dr. David Singh. It was through him that I met Dr. Singh. We spoke over the phone for an hour about facial development, sleep apnea, poor orthodontic treatment, and its long-lasting negative effects. And then he told me about his research and his DNA appliance. It was an appliance that could possibly help me to get my face back. I wanted to participate in his training in 2017, but I had had other obligations arranged and was unable to do so. But then in April of 2018, I actually met Dr. Singh in person at a conference. It was then that I made the commitment to learn about the DNA protocol. This appliance can remodel the midface, actually change the shape of the inside of your midface and nasal airway, and it utilizes the stem cell capabilities of the periodontal ligaments of the teeth that's the area where the fibers hold the teeth into the bone it is gentle and harmonious with physio- physiology non-surgical non-pharmaceutical once the midfacial structures start to open and remodel so does the upper airway as well as the space above for the sphenoid bone the sphenoid bone, is a bone that we don't talk about often, but is the axis or foundation for the entire head when the actions of breathing and chewing initiate minute movement of skull plates. The entire nervous system changes because of the improvements in blood flow and cerebral spinal fluid as the sphenoid bone and its attachments are able to move into a more symmetrical position. I participated in DNA certification training in June of 2018, and I went on to become my own first patient. I have been using my DNA appliance since August 2018. Within the first two adjustments, it felt like there were air hoses inserted in my face. My molars started to work together so that I could start to chew with them for the first time in over 30 years. Every day, I would wake up feeling even so much better than than I did before. Again, I did not realize how bad I was feeling until I started to feel so good every day. There's a new surprise every day with DNA. The front upper tooth that was loose after my original orthodontic treatment has tightened up because of the bone remodeling. My friends notice that my smile is wider. I notice that I articulate my words so much better and easier. In the air, wow. I had never felt how cool air was when it entered the nose and then how it feels so warm on the exhale until now. I'm about halfway through my DNA appliance therapy, but I'll keep you posted on its progress. So it's all of this that I decided that educating patients and the public at large about facial structure, upper airway, and breathing habits would help prevent them from experiencing the dental and medical hardships that I did. And this is why I have persisted with my education and integration of alternative care into my dental dental practice to reach optimal health. Visit my website, www.pomerantzdentalcare.com, for more information about how to improve your health through integrative dental care. This can help you breathe new life into every day. Thank you.